Hello everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Pop Babble, brought to you by Empowered Journalism. I'm Kath, one of the podcast deputies and an entertainment editor at Empowered. Today I'll be joined by Jasmine and Meg as we explore Greta Gerwig's 2023 film, Barbie. We'll be discussing our general thoughts on one of the most anticipated films of the year, while playing a close focus on the feminist themes of perfection. We'll also be touching on the idea of consumerism in Barbie, and the soundtrack full of summer hits, and much, much more. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pop Babble Podcast to have your say on this week's topic and to keep up to date with all the celeb tea. And without further ado, here's Meg and Jasmine. Hi, I'm Jasmine. Hi, I'm Meg. Amazing. So, what were your first impressions of the film? I absolutely loved it. Like, um, I pink's my favourite colour, so obviously visually <laughs> it was just amazing to see. Um, but I think it went from being so good to just look at to then just being so deep and full of really, really good messages and so powerful. And like, I felt like a changed woman coming out of that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the main thing for me, like, even before I could form any like critical thoughts on it, like just this overwhelming feeling of like love. I was like, you know the TikTok sound, how I love being a woman. It was literally that, like I went and saw my best friend after work and we were both wearing pink. And it was just like, it was almost overwhelming because it was like this, like everyone had a Barbie and now there's this Barbie film and it's just celebrating everything about being a girl that you kind of like rejected when you went through like like your tomboy phase or whatever so yeah i've not stopped thinking about it since literally it was like it was mad because when everybody was going all you saw was cues of people just all dressed in pink like it was oh. the most, it, like excitement i'd seen people do for a film other than any other big blockbuster oh it's so cute and the thing is like barbie like as a toy the whole point is it like you can be who you want. You imagine the characters, you imagine the play. And you don't get that with Oppenheimer because the atomic bomb did go off. So that's why I was like always team Barbie in the Barbenheimer debate, but I will be going to see Oppenheimer soon, I'm sure. But yeah, team Barbie. I've just realized I have like two really pink bubble guns next to me in the lounge as well. That's so fun. It's a bit kind of blurry. <laughs> I should have loaded these up. That would have been so fun. Everybody would have loved that in the film to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, just seeing the way like everyone's fully gone all out the film. Mm. Um, yeah, like you don't you don't get that with other films. Um, I don't think it's something that we, we're going to see for Oppenheimer really. <laughs> no, like what are you going to drop? A, what who will you dress up as for Oppenheimer? Is it going to be Oppenheimer? Is it going to be Gene Tatlock? They're real life people, and it's like. I'm sure it's a great film and I'm sure I'm going to like it when I see it. But like, I guess with Barbie, you have a level of imagination like you had with the toys. So I think that that's, I mean, that was the main appeal of it for me. Also, that cast is like amazing. So. Yeah, like there's constantly surprises all the way through like, oh God, you're in it. And <laughs> um, but I think like, like you said about creativity, like, people of all levels of creativity, all levels of like 
how how much they like to dress up have been going all out for it like whether mm. it's just wearing a pink item of clothing to literally recreating costume films like so it's, love it <laughs> yeah yeah it was like you know when the the first teaser dropped and it was like paying homage to 2001 space odyssey and like there's margot robbie as barbie in like the stripy swimsuit and the sunglasses like the first barbie doll it's just like and then i had no idea that that was going to be the opening scene of the film until i went to oh also spoilers by the way (laughs) until like i got in there and they had and like one of the little girls like she throws her doll up in the air and then it becomes a barbie logo i honestly teared up a little bit i was like oh my god i'm gonna love it like in two within two minutes i was just like oh no like and then all of a sudden like helen miller is um like narrating it as well Mm. and like i found did you find like throughout it i forgot it was being narrated until like yeah lines and then it just caught me by surprise and it just made added to the comedic value so much one of my favorite ones she did was like um mattel if you're going to be making this point you probably shouldn't have cast margot robbie it's like when barbie's doubting her like self-worth she's like i'm not beautiful anymore i thought that was so funny and then like the way the depression Barbie advert came on as well. I think that was my favorite bit in the whole film. Honestly, it was like so relatable. And then when it was like rewatching Barbie, it's sorry, rewatching the BBC Pride and Prejudice, I was just like, <laughs> wow, we didn't need to come at me so personally. It didn't come for us that hard. It felt like it was calling out everybody, not just even like people who watch Pride and Prejudice, but it was like you could see everybody in your real life through any of those like types of Barbies or the Kens. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it didn't feel like it was pinpointing like trying to call out anybody you're just sitting there like I know everybody who's in this film right now like it's just kind of like a shock because they managed to get every stereotype perfect Mm. they really did yeah it's crazy as well because when you look at the cast list it just like it lists everyone as either Barbie or Kent or like the Mattel people are as suits and then the only people with like actual names are America Ferreira and her daughter ironically both of their names I've forgotten but it's like it's it crazy how it could be that all-encompassing i love the little like nod to brats with yeah. the four girls <laughs> sasha and yeah i thought that was quite clever in the way that they were like oh yeah no, like no one likes barbie um yeah i just thought that was true as well with the brats as well like it was, I was very subtle going, i know but... which one is which yeah <laughs> like if you know you know <laughs> yeah was... i was also I saw a TikTok like literally an hour ago and it was like there's a reason why Barbie doesn't like Ken and it's because when Barbie and America Ferrera and her daughter are on the way back to Barbie land like America Ferrera's like oh I didn't really I didn't really have a Ken I didn't really get it and it's like what a f- like it's such like a throwaway line but it like explains everything almost because Barbie like her malfunctioning is coming from America Ferrera. I really need to look up her name because I can't keep saying America Ferrera. Yeah, well, you just said actually made a lot of sense there because yeah, like mm. it's her imprint on Barbie, and that would that would make a lot of sense why she doesn't have that emotional attachment to Ken. Hmm. But I think it was from how Ken was literally just made for Barbie. Barbie wasn't made for Ken. Like Barbie was her mm. own independent doll, and they only come up with the. Ken friend the franchise afterwards so it was like his only existence is Barbie but Barbie was made for other things but if you look at any mm. of the Kens they were always just for Barbie 
that's why it kind of like they were just so I don't know it was like it was kind of like when they were just so empty without their other half but everybody else had a job they mm. they didn't that's why it was kind of like if you see the TikToks it's like my boyfriend's thing job is beach or my boyfriend's job yeah. is computers <laughs> I was just saying this to my boyfriend earlier. My boyfriend's job is stupid. My Ken is stupid. Um, he's like, he's quite smart, but it's like he gets home, he has no thoughts. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's kind of crazy the way that that was flipped. Because if you look at like back when Barbie was like first made and stuff like that, like what were women, housewives, mums, stuff like that. Obviously not to like overgeneralize, but then like they had the husbands going out and they were doing this, this and this, and they had like a specific job role. And the women like were just you assumed they would stay home so it's kind of crazy the way that was like flipped in real life barbie can be anything and he's just ken it was like when she was um sick getting so excited like margot robbie's barbie was getting excited explaining to america fire how um she was like i've bought everything you'll love everything i own and everything because barbie mm. originally came out when women couldn't even get bank accounts themselves so it was like she was really proud that she owned it but then to everybody else it was like that's just normal you know yeah no i've got to say i was a little bit surprised by the plot but then also as i was watching it i was like i couldn't imagine this being anything else you know i think it's like it's very heavily allegorical and i think that's why we're seeing a lot of men leaving horrible reviews about it like barbie's crime was like she wasn't interested in ken so at Ken's first opportunity, he took her house and he brainwashed her friends, completely rewrote like the world they knew. And it's like, that's such incel behavior, first of all. But then like in the film, one of the things they do to like distract the Kens is like, oh, I've never seen The Godfather. What's it like? And then I saw a TikTok of like all of these men leaving horrible like Barbie reviews on Letterboxd and all of them had Godfather in their favorites. Yeah, that bit, oh, when they started <laughs> doing like, like just the generalized things men do, it me like i went with me and my friends and we were just there crying like <laughs> um, at one point where they have the four hour um stare into their eyes singing um we just all look at my mm -hmm. boyfriend, said, boyfriend plays guitar and stuff but we were just like everybody's experiences and it was just made us cry with laughter how like <laughs> exactly on the nose they got it like the exact facial expressions everything it was Honestly, literally all my exes <laughs> <laughs> all of them I was I just think like, oh my god, that's relatable. That song choice was perfect as well, but I think it could have been even more perfect if at the end he went, so anyway, here's Wonderwall. Or if he'd like been like, oh, oh do you know Tame Impala is like one man? You know Tame Impala is one guy? And just then Tame Impala is also on the soundtrack as well, so that would have been hilarious. I was thinking like the study of men and their like mannerisms and their behaviours in those situations was just so perfect. Like, yeah. Mm. Like you said, the way they sort of looked at them while they were singing and the mansplaining and it's, yeah, they were just so, like, weirdly accurate. It's definitely a movie for the girlies by the girlies. Yes. Like, like the whole Barbenheimer debate, I as soon as I saw Barbie, I was like, why are men even going to see this? Like, they're not going to understand to the full extent how funny this is. And then, mm. like, it felt like, again, with, like, Barbenheimer, I haven't seen Barbenheimer it just not it it's a, his, I, I never understood the massive thing other than a marketing um ploy for it but it's just like it seems so much more fun barbie is compared to albenheim mm. they just they're like well 
you know what's happening you know the type of people going to initially see that like if it wasn't a massive market employee half the people who saw barbie wouldn't have gone to oppenheimer yeah yeah it's crazy i know like quite a lot of film bros from uni they're lovely (laughs) um but they they did like they saw barbie and they saw oppenheimer so i don't think if it's a thing of like oh like oppenheimer is like the better film like you should have seen oppenheimer like no these people have film degrees as well and they think barbie was really really good yeah i mean they saw it before (laughs) oppenheimer so i think a lot of the thing with men being offended about it it's like you know, if someone's going to make fun of you for acting in a certain way or something that you'll say and they'll exaggerate it. And it's like the men are like, oh, we're not like that. That's not how we look. That's not how we behave. But like it is though. Like we can see that from an outside perspective. That is what you do. Mm-hmm. You are like that. And we can confirm it is completely factual. Yeah. I mean, I do. I, I guess it is like a little bit. It must be very uncomfortable, like as a man to go in and see Barbie because it's like it flipped everything men think about themselves on their head the same way like women will go and see films and it's like you know you have the four traits like slut mother virgin bitch you know so I think they're kind of confronted with that truth as well and also like it's a very different experience and like going down with your boys getting some popcorn and watching Oppenheimer we're dressed up in pink. We're embracing our femininity. I was eating gold dinner as I was watching. So I had like a sugar-free Red Bull and some Percy Pigs. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And it makes you feel close and connected with the girls around you. And yeah. So and this whole thing about dressing up as well, I think is like, it's so lovely to see. Because like I was in pink. I think my flatmate was in pink. But um, I have some pink cowboy boots. And I was like, oh, I will wear them, obviously. Like I can't not wear the pink cowboy boots but I went straight from the office and I chickened out of wearing them and then I came out and I was like I should have worn them I should have worn the cowboy boots personally like as a blonde fashion student who loves pink and has always been very overly feminine I get a lot of stereotypes especially from males assuming that I'm like some sort of dumb blonde um Mm. and I've also had like the whole way through primary school I got called Barbie as an insult um, and I think it's just sort of, this film's made me like, want to embrace that and be like, well, actually, no, that is a compliment. And there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing and what I'm wearing. Like, yeah. I can do that. And it's completely acceptable for women to be super feminine. I think it was like quite interesting the way that actors who had been like, they played outcasted characters in like, this like big thing in their career, like were now cast in a Barbie film where it's like, it, everyone is, beautiful and i think that's so nice to see like america Ferrera in ugly betty shan rooney in my mad fat diary and then emma mackey in sex education even though she's like oh i'm so like i'm so different i'm so edgy i love Maeve wiley that's not a Maeve wiley bash and but, she's like, like- <laughs> she's, she's still outcasted and it's like it's it's yeah no i thought that was really smart as well and then ryan gosling embracing his kennedy of course it's so perfect how they've got the roles that even trying mm. to of any other actor or actress trying to do it, it just wouldn't work. Like any of most of the comments, most of the improv Ryan Gosling did, it just wouldn't have had the same effect. Mm. I do think Ryan Gosling was perfect in it, but mm. if I had to pick anyone else to be Ken, it would have been um, 
Dennis from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I feel like that could have been hilarious. <laughs> With all the bleach blonde hair as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing like, you know, when they did like the musical episodes, I just think that could have been so funny. I think the music right. was insane. I've, I've mm. seen a lot of people as well kind of strangely be more attractive to Ken now than they were or like Ryan Gosling and it's only from <laughs> one part the very specific part in um the I'm just Ken part where he's they're all in their black t-shirts and he makes like the heart with his hands and that's made everybody crazy Ooh. like it's made a lot like the whole marketing with behind Ken has now kind of it's like it's all shifted between women really embracing their femininity but also everybody being obsessed with ken which is kind of backwards to what the film mm. kind of is really yeah i think it was kind of it was just an insanely clever choice to put the kens in like the tight t-shirt the black jeans and the loafers with the pink socks because that's clearly danny zuko right yeah and then in greece it's like sandy is like changing herself to like be more appealing to danny and it's like completely the way around in Barbie and I thought that was so I thought that was so fun and I just love the the little dance routine and the line like put your manly hand in mine I yeah. feel like the way that Ryan Gosling has like got into the character like I think he's just he's gonna be Ken for life now mm -hmm. like he's taken method acting to the next level yeah yeah I was, like, all of his interviews like, have just been brilliant yeah like did you see the interview it was like he said, I would say, like, if people don't want to play with my Ken, there are other Ken to play with. And then he's like, well, you've never thought of Ken like this before, have you? Like, when he was cast. But yeah, and I think having Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie, like, these actors who are very much, like, top of their game, like, are the pinnacle of, like, attractiveness. And then you have this, like, great supporting cast as well, like Shooty Gatwa as well. And they made the pink TARDIS. They did, yeah, that was amazing. As soon I was gutted I couldn't go out to see that because I don't know how they, because they, it was referenced as well to like one of the early adopters because they had a pink mm. tie as well. But it was so clever, like again with their marketing, how Brilliant. every single company or any other show or anything, like even the most random things were managing to get in on the Barbie marketing. And it's like, mm. I don't think I've seen anything that's like just, an, I, I think I saw one for like a gym and it was like being your barbell world. And it was like, some of it was so clever that I don't think I've seen any marketing recently that hasn't been Barbie related and been beneficial to other companies as well. Even at my job, like they they did to sort of represent us when we first started. Um, they did the whole, you know, this this Barbie is whatever. And then put us all with our roles. And like, oh. it's just the, even the uni marketing team is hitting that hard. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah everyone has got in on it and it's like so nice to see like all of these like different areas of our world be turned absolutely pink by the barbie movie and i just love it unexpected as well like i don't think going into it they were expecting that as much as well but the mm. fact that they put so much effort into their marketing it just naturally caught on and it's i think it's definitely something that people are trying to mimic now but they can't because they, did, they don't have the funds, they don't have the resources, but because Barbie is already such an iconic character, it's everywhere. Like even like the, um, look, there's so many different Barbie trends on TikTok at the moment, like mm. countless ones that even companies are doing. So it's like, I don't think not just, not only just um, how actors aren't gonna get rid of their Barbie roles now, but companies aren't gonna be able to get rid of their marketing. Yeah, it was, 
th- there's just so much pink everywhere. I love it. And the fact that um, I think it's like the first song on this, like in the film, like Pink by Lizzo. And she's like narrating the world as Barbie sees it. And the song is called Pink. And it's just great. And I've been listening to Barbie soundtrack like pretty much every day. I was working from home on Thursday. My boyfriend was also working from home. Got to 11 o'clock and he was like, babe, can we listen to something other than the Barbie soundtrack today? And I was like, I don't think we can, actually. It's such yeah, a it's literally on in our office all the time. Mm. <laughs> it, it's not surprising, though. This full of, like, normally with film soundtracks, you would have, like, maybe one or two summer hits in there around this season. But every mm. single one has managed to be a single in its own right. Like, it's insane how many streams e- the, the Barbie soundtrack has had. And it's like they put their energy so much into it. An interview with Billie Eilish, she was saying how, so they were both saying how for the film, they actually got to see a big chunk of it beforehand and they custom made the songs for each individual action and move. And it was Ooh. it was so carefully created. Yeah, that's one thing about the film. Everything felt really intentional, which I appreciated. So obviously Pink, Lizzo is narrating what Barbie's doing and then Dance the Night as well, like even the dance moves, like it's not, you don't get the sense that like someone has put this in and post, you get, like you feel like it's all happening at the same time and it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's so playful is the word that I'd give. Um, Honourable mention to Speed Drive, which I think I've listened to about five times today. I think that's my favourite one. I can't stop listening to uh, I'm Just Ken. Like, I literally have it on all the time. <laughs> it's so iconic. Like, and I don't think there's another film that can do such a hilarious but also powerful song. Hmm. Only um, a few films have done it before. Like, so you had like um, in Frozen 2 where they did hmm. Lost in the Woods, like the 80s ballad. Yeah. And then they also did like Man on Muppet, where again was kind of like a ballad. And it's got Man on Muppet. <laughs> Same. I've sang it many many times at gay bars uh, very drunk but it's like it's those iconic songs that are going to also make the films live on in themselves which they mm-hmm. much just nail on the head making yeah. anything sound like some sort of 80s ballad is just the way to go i think yeah i think we we did mention before but like when ryan gosling is singing push like that was perfect the way he like mispronounces granted it is like he goes granted and it's like of course of course and it's perfect i feel like we've used the word perfect a lot but like i could say it about 15 more times and still mean it every time a lot of people were saying that though like uh, the, the actual good reviews not the ones who are not getting the point of the film entirely but it was like a lot of people were just describing it as perfect and the way that it portrays so many different things like I did feel that it was trying to be a lot of different things at once and Mm. sometimes it managed to really do it and sometimes it kind of lacked a little but it was just perfect and how everything behind the scenes couldn't have been any better. I think having a film that is like every part of it felt like this is for this is for women this Mm -hmm. is for anyone who like embraces femininity like in their stride like and it was really refreshing and it felt so comfortable and I hadn't especially realized that that was an issue with everything else I was watching like have you seen um the idol where there was a 
they completely like rewrote it and sacked off a lot of their cast because they were like oh it's like too feminine it's from t like such a feminine perspective and it's like in a world where abortion rights are being taken away stuff like that like girls are very much under threat and i want to tread lightly because <laughs> this is a pop culture podcast um it yeah no it's it was it was like a warm hug and that's, i felt seen and i felt heard that's some something a lot of people were saying but i did see a TikTok, unfortunately earlier about how a lot of people came out of the film they were all dressed up they were like taking pictures and then you just hear like men in the background just like the them so much and it was like how it just reiterated everything you've just seen in the movie and it's like mm -hmm. taking you from such a high to such a low and they're not was, embracing their energy they're really not honestly it was they really need to embrace their energy mm -hmm. i think like i'd probably describe the films like escapism but with that hint and hit of reality mm -hmm. at the same mm -hmm. time like yeah like babyland is very escapist and it's very you can get lost in the dressing up and the fun songs but then ultimately like there is that harsh message behind it where it's like yeah this is literally what it's like in the world just relax yeah. i thought that was really hammered home by like there's a point at the end of the film after the big monologue the big monologue um where they're like what about a normal barbie like she's imperfect like that whole bit and then will ferrell is like that actually sounds awful and then like one of the like suits is like that would make money and he's like okay yeah no let's do it and like i don't know i don't know if there's something in in the way that everything with marketed is really pink and like barbie fever kind of took over that kind of is, is like played out there as well which it, is it feels not like something it was, um, a lot although they touch on it in the film they don't really address how the fact that it is enabling consumerism so much now like especially yeah. however that now this trend starting of people going to rebuy barbies and even them just like unboxing like vintage and collectible barbies that they've had it's devaluing market so they can get more money in it's very cleverly disguised on how they've managed to portray the marketing behind it because there's so many like if you've seen, especially in America, I've seen how a lot of their um, new Barbies that have come out are just like the variations you see in the film. And it's not just Marvel Barbies or Ken's like you would expect. It's just random behind the scenes ones, but they're marketing it as if they're like big characters. So you see like, especially younger children, they're going to be like, well, I got to have every, all of them. Even though the film isn't really for younger children. Yeah, it's like they're managing to also make sure that they get a lot of money from this film and it might not even be directly to like Greta Gerwig and stuff it's just Mattel I know like Mattel did sign up on it like it's Mattel's name like in the production credits and stuff like that and if you like go back um, whenever it was that Barbie Girl came out Mattel hated that they tried to shut it down but like now that it's on their terms and they get Greta Gerwig in I do as much as I love the film I do feel like it is like feminism cloaking consumerism yeah, and definitely. yeah and there's still people who are making all these who have to make all these dolls there's like so much that goes into it and there's probably lots of like factors in the barbie marketing in the barbie production even in like the kind of like shock waves of that like they're making the dolls where people 
are not going to be paid fairly and like are not going to be treated in in the conditions they should be which is the whole meaning of the film yeah see that's before we even start on like product placement as well the amount of huge brands that were like name dropped throughout Did various different points there was like a cut i don't know if it was like an american version or something like that but they just have a whole chevrolet advert in the middle of it yeah like where should like they put car. something yeah mm. that was and, and it's got like this small print at the bottom and it's like oh come on but nobody's gonna pick up on that because it's again like it's the high intense action it's the the music in the background nobody's gonna some people are gonna just let that slide like no, everybody's like, oh there's always product placements mm. but the amount that's in there is like you can't even count it was like a massive advert essentially <laughs> yeah literally yeah. like i don't know if you've i don't, i really can't remember who done a video on it but like all of these like weird like video game marketing things back in like the 90s and 2000s there's a whole game about like skittles and then like the part there was a partnership that and it was a really good game but then like they took the sk skittles like pulled out last minute so you have all these like random like skittles in this game <laughs> and then there's like the really bad burger king games as well where like you have to like sneak up on people like sneak king sneak king that's what it's called and you have to like give people burgers and it feels a little bit like that but like a lot better so we briefly touched on the idea of Ken um, earlier on, but I thought it might be um, kind of important to actually go back to it and explore Ken's character a bit more, like his development and the reflection on men in society a bit closer. I think there is like a point there about like Ken's incel behaviour. Um, he's like relying so heavily on Barbie's attention, like, oh, I have all this love of Barbie, like I'm such a nice guy. And then at the first opportunity, he stitches her up. And he like takes everything, and it's like it's just so many of him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, yeah, he has all these ideas about the patriarchy, which he's found from a source that isn't necessarily reliable, much like young men do on the internet. And then he runs with it, and then he treats women in this way. And it's like, it's very clearly there. I thought when I was watching the film, I was like, that is an incel. So I think like um, though at the end, the way he's sort of like. I, I don't exist without you basically like it's it's mm. I think that's very much how men at least used to um maybe even like some do still today feel that women should be towards them like they can't exist without the man and um I think that was just a very powerful like subversion the way that they did that yeah there was also that scene where like Ken goes and surfs and he like bounces back in this really comedic way and he's in like this doctor surgery with like Margot Robbie, Alexandra Shipp and like a couple of other Barbies and he's like it really hurts and they were like no you're better already and it's like that so feels like being a woman and going to the doctors and being told it's like oh it's your weight or it's your period or That's maybe you gaslighting. <laughs> exactly they felt at the same time like even though it was kind of like that they still when they were talking about like his profession profession they were still trying to be nice about it like you could still tell mm -hmm. they weren't trying to put him down they were just trying to make him feel a little better but then it's kind of like even when the barbies were in control yes the kens felt like they relied on barbie but barbie never made them feel like that she they yeah. the barbies always made them feel like they could be more but they didn't want to be. It was a different dynamic. But then when the Kens ruled, 
they put Barbie straight into the submissive role. They saw them as they have to rely on us. They were trying to get revenge, not realizing that they were actually making everything worse in the sense of mm. um, how Barbies were just felt like Margot Robbie's. She broke down. She couldn't handle it. But the Barbies never made Ken feel like that. Yeah. And then like it, that all the Barbies are walking around in these French maid costumes and like I, I think it I do think it's quite funny the way like Ken thought the patriarchy was more about horses and stuff like that and now there's just horses like all over Barbie land and he's like there's my mojo dojo casa house and then like he's wearing full like cowboy suit I thought that was like it was so funny the way that that was kind of like undermining like the actual like severity of what he was doing but at the same time um should it have been undermining it in the first place i think it was um i saw something earlier as well how a lot of men didn't like any of the men's uh, the ken sperm portrayals and mm. someone uh, tweeted and they were like uh, so you disliked how they were um portrayed it made you uncomfortable that their identities solely are perceived by their romantic interests and he was only validated through her gaze so and they completely missed the point of that's how women are represented in every film that they adore or even just how they treat women um as well so it's kind of like they missed all of that point because it didn't affect them and they're choosing to uh, basically reiterate the entire film going they don't care if it affects them they will care mm. they don't they don't care any otherwise yeah i think it's just that the men watching it they're just not used to seeing that they're used to men being the main character they're used to men getting everything, being the powerful one, both in film and real life as well. And then I think when it comes to the woman or women being the powerful, independent ones, they just they just can't cope because they're not used to seeing that. They're like, oh, that's not normal. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a satire if you're going in as a woman and you're watching it. If you're a man, it's an attack mm-hmm. or it's, yeah. it's girly rubbish. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a completely different genre of film if you're a man going in and watching it. And then I saw this TikTok earlier and it was like, all, all these girls' boyfriends like refusing to go see Barbie with them or hating Barbie. Like, the girls with the gamer boyfriends, the golden retriever boyfriends, they would never understand. <laughs> I literally went to go see it a second time with my boyfriend because he was sad that I went to go see it with my friends. <laughs> it's oh. like... He, like, I think him and all of his friends loved Ken just as a character, but they, they didn't see so much the deeper meaning. They just enjoyed it because it was just a funny film and Ryan Gosling was being Ryan Gosling, you know? But it was like a, when the reviews came in, like the TikTok you saw about The Godfather, like it was anybody yeah. who's rated that. It was normally like a four star or five or in their like favorites on Letterboxd. They rated Barbie so low and it was just like your part was in the movie. like. You, how did you not understand that? Like, how did you not see that if you can understand it? You were also represented there. (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) I think it says a lot about the masculinity and the security, I guess, like of these men, Um, the ones who are having a go at it, saying, oh, you know, it's it's just really inoffensive to us, are the ones who aren't secure in the masculinity and feel threatened by it, which is actually quite sad. I honestly, I think you've hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's just like, let people like things, full stop. Yeah, like, I know exactly. so many lads who have been like, 
their favourite films are all either like really old films that have like a serious message behind them or they're like really arty or really violent just for the sake of violence and it's like you can't like something just because it's fun and nice like you don't you don't have to watch something and force yourself to like it because you think it proves that you're masculine or proves that you're mm. educated or proves that you have this this manly aura about you like it's not that deep one thing i did also really appreciate about like the film was how we see barbie cry and she's this strong female character but she's not like anti-women she's pro-women she's not bashing them in any way and she's like like she's going on this quest to make to return everything she knows back to normal and she's embracing her femininity as she's doing it and we see her cry and it's like how many books did you read growing up where like the girl was either going around like the older ones where the girls going around doing like traditionally like girly things and like having to like be saved by man or on the flip side of that you have but like the 2014 dystopia books where they're like oh i'm so strong i'm so like i can do this like i don't want to like i'm not like other girls stuff like that and it was like i think this is as we were saying earlier this is a a portrayal of women for women and it feel it feels right and it feels complete in its own way like off the back of that the way she comforts ken and says that like it's okay to cry and and i think then ken's response to being a man who's secure enough to cry and that he knows that it's it's okay i think that was a really positive takeaway for men as well um right then because yeah like while most of the film was probably having having a laugh with men having that little message at the end was just something nice that they can take away and be like yeah it is okay to cry it is okay to have feelings it doesn't matter if you're male or female crying is normal and human so mm. with how barbie is actually kind of probably it was anticipated as one of the best films and it it's kind of proven that right do you think now mattel has kind of um taken that just tiny bit out of out of hand and now made like the mattel universe because like if you think back to um they're making a barney they're making a uh, hot wheels they're making uh polly pockets compared with lily collins and it's like it kind of feels mm. like they want to make the barbie cinematic universe or the mattel cinematic universe but I got a feeling it's going to flop like um, when Warner Brothers did the Dark Universe, how they're so yeah. on making a massive franchise as opposed to like with Barbie, they started it as just a standalone film. Yeah, I think mm. that it's nothing that they do after Barbie is going to be as successful because I think it will get to the point where people will be like, okay, now you're doing this for consumerism purposes. Like Barbie was a good film. And as a standalone film, it's really, really good, works really, really well. But once you start then trying to cash in on all of Mattel's other like toys and stuff, I think people are just going to be like, okay, it's, it's a bit cynical and a bit, yeah, you're just, you're just yeah. trying to make money off of this rather than actually pr prove something that's got a, got a really good message and just really good and, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not interested in any like expansion of this barbie universe i think that would completely take away from like the power of the film and it's like you know how annoying it is when you like finish a series or you like you finish a book and then they try and shoehorn in a sequel it's like it's not needed yeah i think sometimes the creators just get greedy and they just think oh it's an opportunity to make more money 
um, or to push more products in the case of Mattel. Because, yeah, they've probably also seen mm. that they are selling a lot more Barbie dolls and Barbie merch on the back of this film. And so they think, oh, well, if we do that, we can do that with other toys and get more money from it. And it's just it's just not going to work the same, I don't think. Mm. It really is just money making the world go round at that point, isn't it? And it's like, I mean, I guess there's a bit of a wider conversation to have here about, like, make like arts and cinema and literature more cost effective you know so like it's like i feel very strongly about disney remaking all their films live action it's like that and it's like a mattel extended universe and it's like having all these spin-offs and prequels and turning everything into a musical we don't need to create like new versions of old things all the time I have seen like a few TikToks and like posts criticizing Greta Gerwig for like almost selling out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's like I I can't really sit here and say I agree or I disagree because this is the first Greta Gerwig film that I've seen. I haven't watched Little Women. That's why I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and be like she did sell out or you know this is her job at the end of the day because I don't I don't know her directorial style. I'm now going to go watch Little Women tonight. Um, because I feel like I must now. Also, Chris Taylor was randomly in Barbie. Forgot to mention that. You know, from Love Island? He yes. was just a DJ yeah. in one of the scenes. And I was like, what are you and doing? Uncle, Uncle Bryn was in it too. That was, oh, I love that. That was love such that. a good cameo. I did enjoy mm-hmm. that cameo. There were so many little ones that went, you know what, that was kind of good. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know, Barbie in itself is a whole other thing. But the fact that Shuti Gatwa is the next Doctor, the fact that Alexandra Ship was originally in House of Anubis, it's making me feel so happy in in my little, I don't even know how old I would be, my little 10 year old heart they're safe, that's a good estimate. It's but like yeah. that we love I think that's it. we loved when we were little, she, like she got her audience down to a T. Mm-hmm. I felt it, the audience was more British than American for sure, like with the yeah. A-list and cast yeah. music, like it felt like it was a British film, even though it was set in America. Even though it was set in mm. Barbaland, it was set in America. Yeah. And with all of that, it was very clever how she managed to do all that. Like, I think her other films have been very, uh, you, like, uh, British um, orientated mm-hmm. as well. So it, it's quite good. I'm not sure if she's British, to be honest. It would make sense if she was, but I'm not. Yeah. Sure. I think that pretty much covers everything. If you guys had anything else to bring, though. I think that's it from me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've had a long old chat about this. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So thank you for your cool. time. And we'll see you soon. Yep. Yeah, see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Pop Babble, featuring Megan, Kath, and Jasmine. We hope you enjoyed it. And be sure to stay tuned to next week's episode where we'll be discussing all things Taylor Swift especially the era's tour be sure to follow us on instagram and tiktok at pop babble podcast thank you and goodbye for now <laughs>